Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and will replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. Garrison and Toth presents The Shift with Jack Johnson on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. It is a great Monday here on ESPN Kansas City. It's The Shift. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and that is the great producer, Jake Gutierrez. Pretty much no surprise what we're going to spend the entire hour going over today, and that is that the Kansas City Chiefs officially put the dagger in the Bills franchise. Um, Would go as far to say they killed the Bills franchise in every way, shape, or form. We discussed this all last week. What it would mean for Buffalo and Kansas City if Patrick Mahomes won this football game. You can't overcome it. Josh Allen cannot overcome this loss. This, I would argue, is right up there. Right up there with the... Divisional round loss in 2021 for him. The devastation on that end, though, was the 13 seconds, of course. This is a different devastation to Buffalo and to Josh Allen. I mean, the fact that this was Patrick Mahomes' worst team and he had to go to Orchard Park, Highmark Stadium, bad conditions, and beat a Buffalo team who, let's be honest, didn't play poorly. Didn't play poorly. That, that's the other gut-wrenching thing for Buffalo. Three times they've lost to the Chiefs. They really haven't played that bad. So I asked the question, if not last night, when? When are you going to beat the Chiefs? The Chiefs are going to reload in the offseason. They've now been very fortunate. They've hit on a couple of draft picks in the last two years that are cheap. Pacheco was a seventh-round pick. Rasheed Rice was a day-two pick. This was their gap year almost. This was their down year, and yet here they are. The AFC Championship game for the sixth consecutive year. It's an unbelievable run. And if they get to the Super Bowl, if they get past Lamar and Baltimore, it'll be the greatest five-year run in NFL history. It will top, in my opinion, New England's five-year run. If they win the Super Bowl, then yeah, there's no debate. Three Super Bowls in five years is nearly impossible to top. We, we just don't see it anymore. We've only seen it twice since oh, the Dallas Cowboys' dominance in the 90s, since the Steelers' dominance before that. Some franchises will take 50, 60, 70 years to win three Super Bowls. To do it in five, half a decade, it's unbelievable. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's focus on what happened last night in the Chiefs' 27-24 to victory over the Buffalo Bills. Jake, I don't know about you, but if I was to stack up satisfying wins in the Patrick Mahomes era, and you have to exclude Super Bowls because that's untouchable. You win a Super Bowl, that's the most satisfying of them all. You take out Super Bowls, that to me last night was the most satisfying win I have ever seen Patrick Mahomes accomplish because Buffalo knew what was on the line. They're getting... Shots in the crowd of grown men sobbing. 
hands buried in the face. I mean, the the poor guy that was shown, which he'll never live that down, by the way. I don't know the guy personally. I don't know what he was going through, so I'm not going to completely tear him down. If there was nothing wrong other than just losing, then that's kind of embarrassing. But to lose like that and then to be caught on camera sobbing like that, yeah, you, you can't ever show your face again at a football game because that's, that's pretty brutal. But the satisfying part of it is that we know how much these fan bases hate each other. I mean, pure, venomous hate. Chiefs and Bills do not like each other. I think the players have mutual respect. That's always been the case, but the fan bases do not like each other. And snowballs are being thrown at the Chiefs all game long. I mean, there was a video that surfaced today of after the Chiefs had won, Chris Jones is flipping off the crowd. And you know what? Usually I would say, eh, you know, maybe contain yourself a little bit. Not on nights like last night. It's nasty to begin with. You, you wave to the crowd. You blow kisses to the crowd. You make them know just how bad this is going to sting. Another wide right for Buffalo goes down in infamy. And it was great to see the Chiefs, who have been doubted, this entire postseason by national pundits. By, at times, even people here locally in Kansas City. I mean, after that Raiders game on Christmas Day, who would have thought an AFC title appearance was still really in the cards? I mean, we kept saying, I said this. I'm going to take blame for this. I kept saying, this is who they are. They're not going to change their offense. They're not going to all of a sudden have this great offense in the playoffs. Yet here we are. It seems like the offense is back. It's clicking at the right time at the most important part of the season. That is satisfying. And the other satisfying factor, as we opened up with, is that Buffalo played really good in this game. Buffalo did not turn the ball over. Josh Allen was 17-0 when not turning the football over. He didn't last night. He now has one loss, and of course, it's to Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs really couldn't stop the run. They never sacked Josh Allen. They had a, which we'll talk about, a brutal mistake by McCole Hardman. Another brutal mistake by Chamari Connor. I think it was, late in the game. Two spots that could have monumentally changed that outcome seven, eight minutes before the game was officially over. I mean, McCole Hardman scores that touchdown, or they don't even use him, and the Chiefs score. That game is probably over. 34-24, yeah, Buffalo can still make that a one-score game, but it was back and forth. It was just trading blows for the entirety of that game. And for Buffalo fans waking up this morning going, here we are again, three of four years. We have lost to Patrick Mahomes. Now we cannot use the excuse of, well, we were at Arrowhead. That's why it was tough. Oh, it was officials. There was no bad call in this game. Buffalo would have had an argument if they didn't overturn the McCole Hardman fumble because that would have always gone back to it. There was a part of me that was like, I don't even know if it is as satisfying of a win if McCole Hardman is ruled down, the Chiefs punch in, and they win 34-27 to or something like that. Because everybody would have said, oh, that's what won them the game. No, the Chiefs had to come back out there on the field and stop Buffalo again and again and again, and they did that. And they left it in the hands of Tyler Bass, who 
did his very own Lynn Elliott or Scott Norwood, whoever you want to call it. That is the epitome of gut-wrenching, rip-your-heart-out, stomp-on-it, rip-it-to-shreds type of loss. That, that You cannot overcome that. And I think we're Bills fans, Josh Allen and the people that love and defend him, you could have had an excuse for the first two. You could have. Now, the first one, the Bills were ahead of schedule. It's the COVID year. It's weird. Chiefs were the reigning champs. It's a tough place to go into. The divisional round game in the 21 season, it's the 13 seconds. You could blame it maybe on Sean McDermott. You know, Allen played perfectly. They got the rules changed about overtime because of that loss. But still, it was like the Bills were in their window. You just knew that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were better. Where do you go from this? The Chiefs on paper were a worse football team than the Buffalo Bills. They were on the road playing Buffalo. And the Bills, red-hot stretch. Josh Allen played really good. Three touchdowns, no turnovers. I would say that they got a healthy contribution, which Jake and I talked about, limiting him from Dalton Kincaid. Stephon Diggs, we didn't expect him to have a big game. He didn't. But where do you turn now? How do you explain this one? How can you wake up in the morning and say, well... We'll get him next year. Josh Allen's cap hit, by the way, next year is $30 million more than it is this year. That, like we discussed all week long last week, this was it. This really was it. If not Sunday night, win. The Chiefs are going to get better. Now Houston looks a lot better. Cincinnati's going to be better and healthier next season. Baltimore's going to be better than you. You know, you're going to have a tougher field than getting to host Mason Rudolph in the wild card round every single year. Where do you go? And that's the beauty of where the Chiefs are at. And having two Super Bowls under their belt, a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't spend a lot of money this past year. I mean, I've been constantly wondering all season long if Josh Allen or Burrow or Lamar had a receiving core like this, what would their season look like? Now, you can always make the argument of, well, he's got Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end in the game. I get that. Absolutely get that. I think Lamar and Mahomes are very comparable, which is fitting for their matchup on Sunday, is that Lamar relies on Mark Andrews a lot. Patrick Mahomes relies on Travis Kelsey a lot, but we've seen Lamar with bad wide receivers. He doesn't get deep into the postseason. Patrick Mahomes does, and he elevates a lot of those guys. I mean, MVS... Two massive catches last night. He didn't expect him to make him, but he did. Rashi Rice, another great performance. Isaiah Pacheco, 97 yards on the ground. Picked up a big first down when they needed it most. And that is what makes this team, I think now more than ever, the most likable. That's the weird thing here. This team made you want to rip your hair out frustrated you to no end and yet here we are one game away from a Super Bowl appearance yet again and you've kind of fallen in love with this team again this specific team because you're not expecting things like this from them hell we're going to go through this charade again they're not going to be expected to be Baltimore Baltimore is the team with all the pressure in the world 
Now, there was not a lot of pressure on the Chiefs last night against Buffalo, but losing to Buffalo would have stung a little bit because they're your rival. And knowing you can rip out the heart of your rival and eat it in front of them, that's a great feeling to have. I mean, I know some Chiefs fans that are saying, uh, you know, I do feel bad for Buffalo fans for the way they had to endure that. And I know a lot of people that say, I want them to hurt as bad as possible because I don't have any sympathy for a rival. And I get both sides. It's a terrible way to lose a football game, but you lost it. And they're going to have to watch once again the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes play for a Super Bowl appearance. Think about that. I mean, his worst team, everybody's saying he wasn't going to be able to do it. And they win at Highmark Stadium, one of the toughest places to play. The Bills hadn't lost since, when was that, Thanksgiving? I think it was around Thanksgiving when they lost to Philly and they were 6-6. Six and six. They were 6-0 and oh since that point. When they beat Kansas City, that was when their winning streak started. And the way that game transpired last night... It's just, in my opinion, the most satisfying win, non-Super Bowl, of the Patrick Mahomes era. Jake, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, your takeaways, initial takeaways from the feeling this morning of beating this Buffalo team, the way they beat them on the road, ripped their heart out. Is this, in your opinion, the greatest win in Patrick Mahomes' career, non-Super Bowl? Or was there a more satisfying win before that? Um Man, it feels damn good just just being so close to it. The win against the Bengals in the AFC Championship last year that that mm-hmm. was tasty, very like because of how they got knocked out the year before at home, Burrowhead. It's just different. I, I don't know. It, I need some time and distance away from this win. I mean, this game was more exciting. This game yeah. was a better football game. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. That was a great game. And, and and that had more on the line in terms of a chance at the Super Bowl. You know, if they would have lost that game, it would have been Burrow coming into mm-hmm. Arrowhead twice and beating no. them and, and knocking them out of a, a chance at a Super Bowl. So that, that one is still kind of, I think, up on – I mean, that's 1A for me, I think. Just And it's like – there's so many, right? There's so many, like the win against the Titans would put them into the Super Bowl. You know that it's just it's hard to say the best, but right now it, this is at the top. I mean, it, it, it's competitive with the other ones. Um, man, I it's five lead changes in that game. I mean, back and forth. That was as drama filled game, and and like obviously we saw. All the talk all week, not even here on this show, on the national level, mm. the game was Chiefs-Bills. Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody was talking about. That was the the headliner. Everything else was just the, the you know, it was the undercard. Mm-hmm. And this was the main event. And so it held up. And we saw why, you know, why it was put in primetime, why it was the last game of the week. It, the, the, the rivalry... 
Yes. I mean, I, I feel bad for the Bills fans because I'm convinced that they're just never going to win. No, I'm, I'm at that point now, They're too. just never going to win. Mm-hmm. And it's like they made it to four straight Super Bowls in the 90s, couldn't pull it off, another wide right. It's just, you know, um, and I don't know. I've heard some people, and, and I guess just mainly, I don't need to call anybody out, but uh, some national people kind of poo-pooing Josh Allen, saying how how can you call this a real rivalry? How can they were mm-hmm. – how can you say that? How can you even hold this in the same breath as Brady Manning? You know, and I get that because honestly, like you look, what what is Josh Allen outside of being worldly talented and and just a fantastic quarterback? What has he really done? Right? What has he really done? I mean, he, he's won his division, you no know, MVP. Yeah, he's won a, a division that's let's be honest, been pretty weak. Right? Outside of Miami, four, and, is it four times in a row they've won that division now. Three or four, yeah, yeah, and so, two was hurt for one of them, right? So I think it's four straight divisions, and that's that's really all he has. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the the what we have coming up, and I don't want to. I'm not jumping forward. We're gonna have all week to talk about that game, but that's the real rivalry. That's that's two decorated quarterbacks, two guys that you know. Lamar is about to win his second MVP. Mm-hmm. You, you have two guys who have you know won MVPs in this league twice. And and so you know that is that is wh- what we thought we were we're gonna have several different times, and, and the Ravens just couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. Um, so look, I, I I I'm hard to, hard to express how awesome that was, but just the range of emotions that you watch in that game, you know, with the the loss of of Willie Gay and. And Edwards early, and it's like them overcoming that defensively for the Chiefs, and you know, a heroic effort from Allen. But you know what? It's it's really nice to see another wide receiver for a different team drop a pass, it a is. big pass. <laughs> it is a, a back breaking drop, you know, in Stephon Diggs. And we talked about it last week. If that's Gabe Davis, do you think he drops that ball? Not against the Chiefs. No, not against no. the Chiefs. No, not not technically. What we have to go off is the past, and and he catches that ball. We've seen him catch that ball many times. So I mean, that was that was nice to see because it's usually you know, and we need to we need to give MVS his love. Mm-hmm. Two big time catches. Yep, had sixty four yards, sixty two or sixty sixty two yards catching two catches, and and it's like. The eight weeks before that, he only had seventy yards total. Nothing, right? Yeah. Eight weeks combined leading up to this. So MVS and, and you know, he, there weren't any really. There was a couple drops, you know, early, but no backbreaking drops. But you know, also, you know, we can get into it. The McCole Hardman experience. Wow, that two touches, two fumbles, and one that nearly cost him the game. But mm-hmm. also, it's like. I kind of think they canceled each other out being the fumble for the touchback that Hardman had on the three-yard line and the just moronic call for a fake punt in your own territory, deep in your own territory for the Bills in the fourth quarter. To I mean, they, those, those plays canceled each other out, basically. Like, the Chiefs could, didn't capitalize on the Bills being boneheaded. What are you thinking? Like just handing the Chiefs the game there, and the Chiefs not capitalizing. So it's like they kind of for me, it's a wash. It's like mm-hmm. dumb play, 
Oh, even dumber play. So, you know, with that said, it's, but that, that added to the drama. That added to the back and forth, and it's like that game could have been a double-digit game. Mm. I mean, that could have, you know, like you mentioned in in the monologue, it's that that had all, and I think Phil Sims, Phil Sims in the post game even mentioned like this game shouldn't have been this close, you know. And you look at the plays; Chiefs only ran forty-seven plays, and three of those were kneel downs at they the end, end of the the game. Bills ran seventy-eight plays. I mean, the Chiefs they took care of business in the red zone; they were better. You know, they weren't kicking field goals like they were against Miami. They got in the end zone three times. You know, so, uh, I mean, it's playoff Patrick. You know, he went in and it, it, that's another thing that we've never seen that we just got to witness. And he went in and, like you said, ripped the hearts out of Bills fans. And he's just cemented into the heads of the the, the Bills team. Like, how do you get, you, how do you get over that? Like even if you exercise that demon, it, like you, you're not getting over those three losses. You're no. not. You're not going to survive that. <laughs> and so it's, you know, I, it's easy to say. You know, it's really easy to blame that field. Oh, Bass missing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and let's give it a listen. Kevin Harlan's call of that missed field goal yesterday. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. And no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. And the thing that's not talked about is like, okay, he hits that. All right. Well, Mahomes is going to rip your heart out anyways. He had a, a minute 43 and a timeout. He's going mm-hmm. to take that team down, and he's going to get them into field goal position, and Butker is going to hit, kick that yeah. field goal. So it's one way or the other. You can blame it on the missed field goal all you'd like. The The, the fact of the matter is that the, the ending was inevitable. Mm-hmm. We, we got to it in a different manner, but the Chiefs are going to win that game, and that's because they're winners. That's what they do. They have a, a better coach. They have the better quarterback. Last night they had the better defense, and um, it's just, man, it's 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 hard it's hard to to watch a, a player like Josh Allen being so great sitting underneath these two other quarterbacks. I mean, he's an all time great quarterback. He's a hall. He's going to be a hall of famer. Mm-hmm. I mean that, and, and he's and he's not going to have very much to show for it, or at least he does not right now. And you know, I and that's with Joe Burrow hurt. You know, one one of the guys is out, but it's the renaissance and young. Well, I I guess we can't even really call them young anymore. I mean, they're guys that are approaching their thirties. They're they're in their late twenties. Mm-hmm. They're in their prime. Very much so. So you know, the crop of young quarterbacks we had four and five years ago, we're seeing them blossom, and still the head of the class, Patrick Mahomes. So, man, a lot of takeaways. Uh, in terms of that defense stepping up, answering answering the call, you know they were hitting people. They were playing with a menacing, punishing attitude, and you know I I I, I laid a bet on Stephon Diggs on the under sixty and a half yards. I, I was like, you know, but still we still saw Allen making that 
unbelievable throw in the corner mm-hmm. of the end zone. It's like, you know, that was the first touchdown that Snead gave up all year. So uh, it was it was a great performance. It was an all-around great team performance. That was a team win, um, you know, because in the past we've seen Mahomes pick that team up on his shoulders and, you know, lead them to the promised land, and he didn't have to do that. He had to just be himself, and he didn't have – and that's that was the difference. Between, when you watch that game, the difference between those two teams is that Mahomes didn't press – you know, it, it, it was like the, the Bills went three quarters with not pressing. They're saying, Josh, you're going to take care of the ball. We're going to run you. You're going to run the hell out of this ball. And then they got to the fourth quarter, and they had to let him loose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very fortunate he didn't have a, a big-time turnover. You know, Connor just fall on the ball. That could have been a, a costly no, no turnover. He's trying to scoop yeah. and score, dive on the ball. But fortunately, we're not we're not really hammering on that kid because I think he's had a great year. He's I had just, to step up in a huge spot. Yeah, I think he he's been an, an un, unsung hero in that secondary for being how young he is, and, and he he played well last night. He had to step up, and he play, he had some great plays. Um, so, you know, that said, Mahomes just got to be himself and didn't have to press. And when it wasn't there, he threw it out of bounds, and you know, and, and took what was in front of him. And we saw Travis Kelsey step up, you know, probably helped having that extra week of uh, rest against the Chargers. Didn't mm-hmm. go out and go for that thousand yard season. Got a little rest, and he looked uh, he looked fantastic last night. A couple of touchdown catches, and uh, we talked about that that decimated linebacker core for the Bills, and he exploited them, and Patrick did as well. So great win for the Chiefs. Uh, I. I can't wait. This is going to be another heavyweight bout coming up uh, Sunday in Baltimore. So, great win for the Kansas City Chiefs. There, there is so much to like about this upcoming matchup, and I, I also love how you put up that this could be the rivalry, right? Lamar and Mahomes. We've been trying to to pinpoint rivalries. I do think you know Allen and Mahomes still have one, but they always have that old age old saying: "Is if it's a rivalry, you you got to win one or two. The last thing I'll say on this and what it feels like, and I've always tried to lean into the mentality that the Chiefs are the villains of the league. Nobody should try to spin it that they're the heroes or the underdogs. They're the villains. Nobody likes you. You are the villains. This third loss for Buffalo is the equivalent in Rocky IV if Drago would have killed Rocky at the end as well. Like, you know, in Hollywood, it's like, oh, you go through the turmoil in the beginning, right? Creed dies, in the beginning, and it's like, okay, well, now you go through this movie, a great movie, by the way, and then, of course, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, he beats Drago in the end. It's like, oh, that's Hollywood. That's how this works. Nobody believes in you, and then you win at the end. This isn't Hollywood. This is real life. And whereas Buffalo was this you know, tortured fan base, oh, they're so deserving of this. The fans deserve this. Josh Allen deserves this. It's the equivalent of if Drago just would have killed Rocky in the end as well. That's what the Chiefs have done. How do you make another Rocky after that? You can't. Oh, Buffalo feels like this is the end. If they try to spin it, if you want to stay positive and go, you know what, there's always next year. Eventually we'll get him. Fine, do that if you want to. I, I couldn't do that. Personally, not me. If the Chiefs last year had lost to the Bengals in the AFC title game, I'd go, yeah, you've won one. 
but you've lost to this team now twice on your own on your own turf or your own grass. That's tough to overcome. Mahomes would have forever had a stain on his legacy if Burrow would have beaten him back-to-back years in the same spot in overtime or whatever it would have been to get to the Super Bowl. Even if Burrow would have lost the Super Bowl to Philly, that hangs with you. Now Mahomes, six consecutive years, AFC title game. That's the bare minimum with the worst team he's ever had, and you just slit the throat of a franchise that is already so tortured. And how fitting is it that what they are known for being tortured by, Scott Norwood, wide right, it's like he possessed Tyler Bass's body. Same thing. And as Jake pointed out, or the 13-second game, last year, AFC title game, Butker comes out there in huge moments like that and just cans it, just drills it. Because in Kansas City, that's what the fans are used to. You expect good things to happen now, not expect for things to go wrong. And all the way back to, man, when did that Sean McDermott 9-11 story come out? Jake, you and I discussed it in that article that was written about him. And it's why I've turned on Sean McDermott as a great coach. Because it was pointed out, and we've seen, we have evidence of it, in close games, Sean McDermott pisses down his leg. I mean, he called a fake punt in which the Chiefs had 10 players on the field. Right, right yes, yes. 10 players. And I don't know if that was Andy Reid's genius trying to deke them into a fake punt. No, I doubt it. No. I think it was you always going to be the call. You yeah. don't ever intentionally <laughs> not put a full squad on the But team. it wouldn't shock me if Sean McDermott saw it and went, there's 10 players out there, audible, let's do that fake that we've been practicing all week long. Yeah. Never know. But the point is, Sean McDermott, Pisses down his leg in a lot of scenarios like this. And I always go back to this excerpt that was written in the article about Sean McDermott of he does not look at late game scenarios as what could go right. He's always looking at it as what could go wrong. And that was this Tyler Bass kick. I'm sure on the sideline he's going, oh, God, I hope he makes this. But if he doesn't, that's probably our season. Like, that's just how it's orchestrated in Buffalo. It's a fan base and team that expects the worst, whereas their arch nemesis, their hated rival, the Chiefs, they always expect things to go their way. And last night it did. Chiefs win 27-24 to in the first true road game in the Patrick Mahomes era. They move on to take on the number one seed in the AFC, the best team in football, some would argue, and the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium this coming Sunday at 2 p.m. We'll take our first break of the show. When we come back, let's go over the biggest plays in this game and how they could have flipped everything. That's next on The Shift on ESPN Kansas City. Victory Monday here in Kansas City, right here on The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Chiefs a winner in the divisional round, 27-24 over the hated Buffalo Bills for the third time in four years. They have sent Buffalo to Cancun. Another disappointing season for Josh Allen and the Bills, and now their window is all but closed, in my opinion. Man, it's going to be tough to bounce back from this one. As I mentioned, the cap hit for Josh Allen near $50 million next year. It was sub-20 this year. And I do see a lot of similarities, not the championship caliber wins, but from Buffalo and Green Bay. Like Green Bay, which they've done yet again with Jordan Love, apparently, 
they hit on quarterbacks and then just hope to build around them. It's hard to sell people to go to Green Bay. It's hard to sell free agents to come to Green Bay unless you've got that elite quarterback. Green Bay now has that. Buffalo certainly has that. But when that quarterback makes a lot of money, nobody's taking a discount to go to Buffalo. I I don't see how you would. They'll take a discount now to go to Baltimore or to Kansas City or at times to Cincinnati. But once that cap hit becomes astronomical, it's when it gets very tough, which is why I think the Chiefs stuck the knife in the Bills' heart last night and ripped it out. Uh, that's, That's a loss you just can't recover from. That's a loss that sits with you maybe worse than any of the previous two. I get that divisional round game was gut-wrenching in its own, but the Bills were still the underdog in that game. This was at Highmark. You had a chance to beat the worst Patrick Mahomes team, and you couldn't get it done. But as I said before the break, there were some massive plays in this game that truly dictated everything. Um, The Chiefs' offense never looked bad at all. There, There was not a single drive. Maybe the one right before half, and that was one play, not including the kneel down, of course. The screen play to Pacheco that got a holding call and I think an eligible man downfield and lost seven yards on it. That was the worst play I think they ran of the night until Andy Reid might have had his worst call of the season. And they tried it twice, actually, in the game for whatever reason. Um And I'm going to go out there and say I do not know why this guy has a roster spot. I do not know why the Chiefs went back and acquired him, wasted a draft pick to go acquire him after he did simply nothing in New York. That's McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman was public enemy number one in Kansas City for about 25 minutes. And then Shamari Connor kind of became public enemy number one. And both of them are thinking they're lucky stars that the Chiefs won this football game. And in the end, the only person that's going to be remembered for futility, for choking, is Tyler Bass. That's that's the guy. And Hardman and Connor can look back and go, well, I could have made that player done it differently, but we won. We won. It doesn't matter. It's the playoffs. You move on. And that is the case. I don't know, though, Jake, if I blame McCole Hardman in that spot, and this is me being more of a player homer than a coach, or Andy Reid or Matt Nagy, whoever you want to say made the play call, but I think we all know it was Andy Reid. I do not know, again, why McCole Hardman is in certain packages on the field, even as a gadget guy. No, Kadarius Tony hasn't been healthy in the postseason, maybe not all season long. Uh, but the one thing Kadarius Tony's done a good job of, if anything, is that in moments like that, he's been pretty tough to bring down, and he's got good ball security. Believe it or not, he does. Catching passes, different story. But I just think the Chiefs read a little bit too much into McCole Hardman's Week 17 performance or Week 18 performance against L.A. against all backups and thought, huh, that can be a weapon in the postseason. McCole Hardman, last night, I think was teetering on becoming one of the most hated Chiefs players of the last, what, two decades? I mean, 
I don't want to go too far back because D Ford was really hated after lining up offsides, just a boneheaded mistake. The crazy thing about Hardman, though, is he did this twice in the game. He fumbled on his only two touches. It's like you would think when the ball squirts out one time, it's like I'm going to make sure I have the best ball security when I get the ball again, whatever that may be. Completely disregarded it. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, you know, did his best to restrain at the podium in the post game. I really did. You know, 10 out of 10 times, he is going to defend a player to the ends of the earth. He just will. He defended Juwan Taylor. He defended Kadarius Toney. He defended Justin Watts. I mean, it's endless. That's what great quarterbacks do. But even with Hardman, he's like, hey, McColl's made a lot of big plays for us in the playoffs before, but you cannot reach the ball out in that moment. And that was like me taking a step back and saying, did he just you know, criticize one of his players, one of his teammates for making a mistake? And I'm like, absolutely, because 15 played flawlessly in that game. If he lost because McColl Hardman just couldn't hang on to the damn football two yards from the end zone, doing the biggest no-no in spots like that, just blindly reaching the ball over the goal line, we all would have been sick today. This would have been a run McColl Hardman out of Kansas City show today. It would have been 60 minutes of that. Because we wouldn't have recapped anything else other than the McColl Hardman fumble. It was that bad. On top of that, and I get Pacheco came up a little bit gimpy after the play, but you also have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's a running back, who has carried the ball in spots like that before. And Clyde gets criticism, but he has not deserved it in the postseason. He's been a great number two back. He's kind of filled the void left by Jarek McKinnon with his injury. But Pacheco, right after the fake punt, scampers 25, 30 yards down to the two or the three, it's first and goal. And Andy Reid has a severe problem of this. He gets too cute. It's like he wants to show off his his bag of tricks in moments like this. Do it against the Broncos in week eight for all I care. Not in moments like that. And it's this cute pitch forward and Hardman gets to the outside and then, yeah, just blindly reaches the ball over. It gets punched out. And I'm not even going to sit here and say it's a dumb rule. It's the rule. It's just like with the overtime rule when Allen lost. It's like you can complain that it's a bad rule. It's the rule. It's not like the Chiefs were blindsided by this call. It was the rule. And fortunately, the Chiefs' defense, which had just been out there, came back out and forced a punt. But my Lord, why is McCall Hardman still getting snaps for this team? I don't care that Kadarius Toney is hurt. I don't care... That Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, obviously I care that he's a little bit gimpy after the play, but I don't think that should factor into your decision. It's first and goal. Run it two times and then throw it. Getting cute on first and goal is the last thing you want to do. Last thing you want to do. And when you're averaging, I think after that play, Jake, the Chiefs were averaging like nine and a half yards per play. Nearly a first down every single snap. And It's like you had to get cute and go, well, we aren't moving the ball, so we have to get creative. Why? I I don't know. I'm not going to try to rationalize it. Makes zero sense, especially the way Pacheco is going. Sure, he's banged up, but okay. How about Clyde? How about Clyde? You said that. I mean, it's it's, it's first down. (laughs) Do not get it. It's first down. You're running the hell out of the ball. Your offensive line is getting great push. 
And that's what you run. But look, that's Andy Reid, right? I mean, that's that, that I, that's not – unfortunately, that's the stuff he does. That's what he's known for. And it, it, look, we're not having this conversation if he doesn't fumble it into the end zone. I mean, so that's on the individual. I mean, we, we can – we can hammer away all we want on the play call because mm-hmm. I believe we're both in the same camp here. You don't do that. Like, not when you're going that good, not when you're running the ball that well. But that's irrelevant because Andy Reid's going to do that. He just is. That's what he does. Um, but you can hammer on, hey, McCole Hardman, you, do, you don't read. But <laughs> that's part of the – that's part of what we saw in the Miami game where he should have had a penalty, but he stopped mid-stride and started complaining about it to the yep. referee, and the ball bounced right in front of him. It's like, who does that? McCall Hardman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's uh, unfortunately, that's, that's that guy. You know? <laughs> that's that guy. He almost always finds a reason to... To blame something else, it does feel like right with Kadarius Tony. I mean, that's why I want to main, remain consistent here. I'm not going to bash MVS and Kadarius Tony and then make an excuse for McCole Hardman. I mean, Hardman's also one of the players too that sounds off on social media when he gets too much hate. I mean, after the Miami game, he goes on Twitter and says, "Oh, a lot of the people that are talking trash on me wouldn't say it to my face." It's like, okay, I get that that a large part of fans are going to be social, you know keyboard warriors or social media warriors, whatever you want to call them, I, I get it, or, or talk trash behind a screen. It's not the best thing to do. But if you are going to criticize fans for criticizing you, then don't do things like this. I mean, is that the worst stat line you've ever seen from a wide receiver? He had two touches and fumbled both of them. One of them cost them seven. And it's like I look at guys like Pacheco, uh, even – you know, moments with, with with Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey getting brutalized by four or five guys that are trying to punch the ball out, and Hardman just can't hang on to the football if it's one. It's baffling to me. And maybe that's on the coaching staff for even putting him in there. But like you said, Andy Reid didn't fumble the damn football. You know, Matt Nagy didn't fumble the football. Clearly, they trusted in that spot to go, you're going to get on the outside. We've got a couple of guards polling. Wide receivers will hold their block. You should get in the end zone. And you don't need to force the issue on first and goal. If it's fourth and goal, I get it. First and goal, you don't need to you know, go Superman and reach it over the goal line. You don't. But he's like, he's available, and they just can't help themselves. Oh, my God. I mean, twice. And then it was the, the first fumble, right? It was after another Pacheco huge run. And it's first and goal or second and goal. And it's like, why are you using Hardman when Pacheco's averaging over five yards a carry? By the way, great recovery by Watson, by the way. That was, I mean, he got on that ball quick on, yes. on McColl's first fumble. Yes. Like, that was a hell of a play on his part to be aware. And, and I, I mean, so we're not talking about two fumble losses because Justin Watson had a heads-up play and, and mm. <laughs> was in the right place at the right time. And... Didn't do what Connor did and just fell on the ball. And um, that's the other play that I think we need to talk about. Because everybody's still, you know, we had just been getting over coming to terms with the fact that Hardman had a fumble in that spot. And then, finally, the Chiefs corral Josh Allen on a broken play, a scramble, and he fumbles. And that ball is bouncing on the turf. 
No Bills player in the area. I mean, uh, two Chiefs, I think, was it Chris Jones or Omenahue? They were on the ground, so it was kind of a tougher one for them to grab, and there was a Bills player on his back, but he's right there. Ball kind of bounces around a little bit more, and then rookie mistake. In that moment, it was too big for him. He wanted to avenge McCole Hardman's mistake and have a scoop and score for the dagger. And I do want to say this, which is why it's lesser than Hardman's fumble. If I'm in that spot and your your brain is trying to talk to you, you have motor functions, and you see this ball on the turf, maybe Connor saw nobody around him. And maybe in his mind he's going, I can swing the game right here. But it is preached to you, the, above all else, when a ball is on the ground, you fall on it. You just do. If you're going to scoop and score, it has to be like Nick Bolton's in the in the Super Bowl last year. You got four guys behind you. You know that that ball is bouncing. It, it's still bouncing up in the air. Like he didn't even have to bend down to get it. Connor did. That ball was done rolling. It, it was right there, and he tried to scoop and score. Whiffs on it. Buffalo falls on it. They get a chance to extend their drive. They did. Fourth and three wheel route. They got it done. I'm going. How many more mental mistakes can you make in this moment? And you felt that like that was inevitable. Like as soon as they didn't get yeah. that fumble, you're like, well, they're definitely going to get the four down. Oh four down my here. god! It was as clear as day to me. Just fall on the ball, and everybody was screaming. I mean, just fall on the damn football. The game's yours. They're not going to stop you offensively. It's going to take a stupid mistake, like Hardman, to lose this football game. Like. There was no point of me, even when you know Tyler Bass misses that kick, I did not think that the Bills were going to stop the Chiefs there on the, the one first down they needed. And, of course, Pacheco needed two plays. Like, if Connor falls on the football, there's your there's your game, in my opinion. You would have fallen on it, I think, around midfield. Boom. You hold the ball for five more minutes, the game's over. And they were going to be able to because Buffalo's defense was decimated. They couldn't do anything to stop Patrick Mahomes. So those two mistakes, awful on the Chiefs' part. The third one I have is good for the Chiefs. I know that we open up the show very positive. It's fun, but we also have to acknowledge those two costly, costly errors that could have shifted this game in a different direction. The third biggest play to me, um, and I do want to throw in the bonus here of the fake punt, but that fake punt also resulted in the McCole Hardman fumble, so it was kind of a wash. Two really bad mistakes on both ends. But I, you know what I think about Sean McDermott? The fake punt was stupid. I think it was – they gave it to DeMar Hamlin, I almost think, just to have the story behind it. Like DeMar Hamlin, fake punt gets the first down. What a cool story for the comeback player of the year, and the Bills go win the game. Like I, I think Sean McDermott – had dreamed about that moment and who it had to be, and it was DeMar Hamlin. It was a awful, awful play call in that spot. Uh, if you're going to go for it on fourth and five, keep it in the hands of Josh Allen. That's just a stupid mistake. And the Chiefs had ten people on the field, and they still couldn't convert. And it never was close to being converted. But the third biggest play, in my opinion, and this is a credit to the secondary, was that third and nine play before Tyler Bass kicked it. Uh, it's an extended play. Right, Josh Allen rolls out, and every Chiefs fan is going, oh, no. Oh, no. Every time he's rolled out, somebody's been open. And what the secondary did such a good job of, and you have to give them their flowers, as good as they are, they were not penalized in this game. I think there was one, and it was illegal hands in the face by McDuffie on a running play. Like, that's the worst it was. They did a great job 
of being physical, but also not making that mental mistake. I think Allen threw it to the end zone, one, because he thought he was going to get a touchdown, but it can also reward you at times when there's blanketed coverage. Throw it in that area, you get a flag, it's first and goal from the one. And to not be flagged in a spot like that, massive. Because then there's a minute 50 to go, and if Tyler Bass drills the kick, Bills haven't stopped the Chiefs all night long, a minute 50 to go get down in field goal range, which for Butker is like the 43-45 yard line. Even in conditions like that, it feels like he can nail it from 60. So that's what was going for Kansas City. They needed 30 yards to win that game. But that third and nine play, to have enough guys putting heat on Allen, and then he rolls out, and for the most part, he's been able to scramble and pick up you know seven, eight, nine yards of first down. They had guys bearing down on him again. Made that throw more difficult, then not penalized. That was massive. A huge moment in that game because all night long, every time Allen extended a play, there was somebody open. And the Chiefs secondary, the, the Chiefs defense as a whole in that moment picked their best moment to make a play. And that set up Tyler Bass, who of course had the biggest play of the night and missing. Not going to call it a chip shot, but he had the wind at his back, his back and it was a 44-yard field goal. A... Costly, costly, gut-wrenching, brutal, mind-numbingly awful miss for Tyler Bass. The Bills kicker missed a field goal, wide right! And wide right, as Jim Nance said, as Kevin Harlan said, two words that keep Buffalo fans up at night. Scott Norwood, Tyler Bass. Now, Norwood's kick, bigger stakes, it was the Super Bowl. This is going to have recency bias, but, man, that is just an awful way to lose. But for Chiefs fans, you don't care. You experienced something like that before with Lynn Elliott. Only Tyler Bass had made kicks in the game earlier. Lynn Elliott was not making any kicks. So if you didn't believe that he was going to miss the last one, that's on you, in my opinion. For Tyler Bass, Bills fans had no reason to believe he was going to miss other than past misfortunes from the curse. And all this talk about Bills Mafia, you know, throwing people in a pit uh, to sacrifice him for a win. I'd not really sacrifice him, but you know what I mean. All the, the moving the games and, you know, the fan base coming together to snovel, shovel off the snow. No, Josh Allen undefeated in his last six, seven games. You know, everybody was against the Bills. They were down and out. Here they are in same old, same old. The same story. The Chiefs even tried to give the game away late. And the Bills couldn't take it. The Bills couldn't take it and run with it. I I couldn't go into work if I was a Buffalo fan today. I couldn't. There's no way. There's no way I could go through a week watching sports shows, listening to sports radio, and hear about Buffalo once again losing to Kansas City. I, I couldn't stomach it. And to see now, and now, you know, Ryan Clark brought this up on Get Up this morning because Dan Orlovsky once again was making excuses for Josh Allen that there was nothing more he could have done. And, oh, he played perfectly. It's not on him. Like I just flip it around and go, if Mahomes lost that game or if Lamar lost a game like this, you're criticizing those quarterbacks. You just are. Oh, well, you know, we saw us all year long, and it's how average they are with no receivers. Like, there's always going to be excuses for Josh Allen because he's on the lovable losers. 
Buffalo has not won the big game. Josh Allen hasn't won the big game. He's not getting the MVP. You know, it's kind of crazy, but individually, accolades-wise, he's as decorated as who? Um, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, yeah. I mean, like he, he won some divisions, but what? I mean, you could make a case right now. Jared Goff is more decorated than Josh Allen. He's been to a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, he's got the Lions yeah. in the NFC Championship game. Yep. Like. Allen has nothing other than Pro Bowl and all pros. I mean, he's a very, in my mind, a very Philip Rivers-esque quarterback. He is. Great and talent. Somebody said it was like, this is actually the Brady-Rivers rivalry. It's not Brady and Manning. Uh, maybe Burrow's more of the Manning, and it's going to go back and forth until, you know, Allen gets a win. In a big game, He, I think the Chiefs play the, the Bills in Orchard Park next year. And... Josh Allen wins the game. Hey, great! raise the banner. Raise the banner. You did it again. In the regular season. In the regular season. But, you know, maybe Buffalo fans will think differently this time around. It's like, I don't care. I don't care if they win. This didn't avenge anything for me. It's just, it's a great feeling to be a Chiefs fan today. Once again, I mean, another AFC title appearance. And you know what's worse for Josh Allen? Lamar or Mahomes is getting the Super Bowl again. Burrow, Lamar, Mahomes will have all had Super Bowl appearances. Here he is watching them from the couch again. Chiefs 27, Bills 24. They are on to the AFC title game in Baltimore, the sixth consecutive year. Every year Mahomes has been the starter. They've been in this game. We'll be talking about it more in tomorrow's show at 10 a.m. But for today, there's Ray Charles. It's time to go. That's been another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN in Kansas City. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Talk to you tomorrow. You take it easy, Kansas City. Come back now.